Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're joined by Dr. Mike Agnew, a senior technical manager for Sagenta. We thought that Dr. Agnew would be the perfect person to have on the podcast to discuss winter injury. Dr. Agnew is going to go over some of the conditions that may or may not exist this year that could lead to it. And he's also going to present some tactics for recovering from it. We're glad that Dr. Agnew was able to take some time to join us. He's been in the business for more than three decades, and he's seen a lot of different situations on a lot of different golf courses. And we know that you're going to find the information he presents to be very helpful. Dr. Agnew, thank you so much for taking some time to join us. We're glad to have you on the podcast. The first thing I want to ask you about, what is the difference between winter kill and winter injury? We see these terms used a lot, and sometimes they're used interchangeably. Explain to the, the difference between the two. Well, first of all, winter kill is just a general term that this that defines turf that's been lost during the winter. Winter injury is the result of uh, many different factors that could be anything from crown hydration, desiccation, uh, low temperature kill, ice sheets, or even snow mold. So winter kill is the result, but it's the injury that leads up to the result. So we're recording this podcast in early March when the calendar gets to this point, how much does somebody in your position start thinking about winter injury and the ramifications it could have on a golf course? Well, uh, this time of year is a time you need to think about winter injury because if you have a significant amount of winter loss or injury, uh, you need to actually make a plan to actually recover from that uh, winter injury. So uh, we want superintendents to... uh, be bringing in samples of areas that are looking uh, like it could have some injury, put them in in a warm room, see if grass will actually come up uh, or germinate in those uh, particular plugs. So it's a good time of year to be uh, cognizant of what's gone on, the temperatures you've had, the snow cover you've had, the ice cover you've had throughout the winter. Somebody in a role like yours spends a lot of time studying weather and monitoring the conditions in various parts of the country. How would you characterize this winter, and what type of potential could the conditions this winter have on turf coming out of dormancy? When we first got into uh, January, when the temperatures were so cold, uh, we had temperatures well under uh, zero uh, zero degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, But fortunately, in most of those time periods, we had a little bit of uh, snow cover on the turf, which would have given a blanket to protect the crowns of the plant. And the other thing that we were important about that is that we didn't go into the uh, that cold period without a period of hardening off where the plant was able to go into dormancy over a period of time. So I thought initially we might have a, a pretty significant amount of winter loss, but from canvassing uh, my reps in the field, uh, we haven't seen a lot. And, in fact, uh, no one's reported any at this point in time. doesn't mean that's not there because we still have uh, a few weeks to go before where, where, uh, where things could happen that could uh, uh, cause some type of winter injury. You bring up a good point. When do we start hearing those reports? Is there a specific date, or does it vary by region and part of the country you're dealing with? It, it really it depends on the region. Uh, for example, last week it was freezing in Kansas City. They had an ice storm, whereas on the East Coast uh, we were in the 70s. So we're starting to see grass green up and become hydrated. And when the crowns become hydrated, 
they are actually more susceptible to what we call uh, crown hydration or winter, uh, direct low temperature kill if the temperatures all of a sudden plummet and go below freezing for a long period of time. Then you could actually, that's when you could actually see what they call crown hydration or low temperature kill. Say the long-term forecast, as I looked at it earlier today, is the next two weeks is supposed to be fairly nice temperatures, and we don't expect to have any uh, type of uh, conditions that would cause that injury either. Okay, I'm going to ask you to play turfgrass historian here. When was the last time we saw widespread winter injury in the golf industry? Can you remember what year it was and what, what you were seeing? I think it was two to three years ago. Uh, we saw quite a bit of injury with uh, uh, winter injury caused by uh, ice cover. And we saw quite a bit of injury from desiccation where the turf grass was wide open. Um, and uh, just uh, we saw a lot of loss because the, the winds were desiccating the turf because they were just so open. It was taking the moisture out of the crowns. Uh, that's a very common type of uh, damage you'll see in some of the Midwestern states, especially the open states like Iowa and Minnesota, that are, when they're having open winter, the greens can actually be very susceptible to desiccation because the crowns aren't protected. And typically, the crown of the turf grass plant is in the soil, so that's the soil that actually the temperatures and, and the moisture that's very critical. But if the, uh, if the crowns aren't protected, then they have a, 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 have a harder time surviving the winter. How long does it take to recover from some of the damage that you just described? Uh, the recovery time is dependent on the golf course and the conditions in the spring ahead. Mm-hmm. Much of the, a lot of golf courses I deal with are very uh, are poanted golf courses, and the ones that uh, try to actually intercede bent grasses into the uh, into it sometimes are slower to recover than those that just try to scra- scratch the surface and allow the poa seed to germinate and recreate that poa condition, it, you have to seed frequently when you're putting down bent grass seeds. Uh, if it becomes overcast and the temperatures aren't warm, it could take a month, a couple months. But if the temperatures come on and you get warm weather, you get recovery fairly quickly. Some people will use covers to actually in, 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 uh, to build up the heat and so that the seeds germinate quicker and that's a that is a positive way to approach it during cooler temperatures how difficult is it to reactively recover from winter injury it's a it's a chore it's uh there's there's no one good method to do it it's uh very dependent upon location 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 if it's a shady area it's much more difficult if it's an area that is constantly wet, a poor drainage area, which is often the site you're going to see the winter type of injury, it it's, takes longer to recover in those areas because it's harder to to uh, work the soil, get the seed in there, and get the recovery. Uh, I've seen winter injury take uh, recovery take two months, and I've seen it take two to three weeks. It it really depends on. Uh, Mother Nature at this point in time on on how they're going to uh, the weather and how it's going to recover. What are some cultural and what are some chemical strategies you found successful for recovering from winter injury? 
If I was to look at uh, uh, chemical injury, as I say, use of uh, fungicides to uh, for for recovery, it's more or less trying to take uh, advantage of the chemistries that we have that would prevent pink snow mold to come in at this time of year that would delay the the recovery process. Uh, the real issue is a lot of these areas that are that are injured may be very soggy and hard to get onto with a sprayer, so some of the granular options may be, the, uh, may be more appropriate. Pink snow mold can last throughout the winter and in, late into the spring if temperatures and weather conditions are, are, are proper. So uh, I look at things like Instrada, uh, look at uh, products like Headway are, are good ones to actually give you a little protection especially Instrada would be a liquid and the headway could be put down or heritage could be put down as a granule to give some level of protection. But it won't always uh, increase the recovery time, but it'll prevent the disease come in to slow it down. What are some proven tactics for communicating winter injury issues to customers and members? What are some things you've seen superintendents do over the years that have worked to let their clientele know what's going on? There's different ways. Within Syngenta, the technical group that I work within, we, we uh, communicate through our distribution. We communicate through our, our, our entire sales force uh, ways to approach when we see a, an injury. We have some great scientists out there. That it, uh, people in Michigan and, and Massachusetts and Penn State, et cetera, that work diligently to help to deal with the uh, Winter injury when the golf course industry is, is impacted. Uh, the USGA, the whole idea that GCSA chapters, for example, they do a great job of communicating uh, to the golf course superintendent. And golf course superintendents need to communicate to their committees, their boards, and tell them that what has happened and, and draw out the timeline that it might take for recovery. And the only way to know that is to know that particular golf course, and they know it better than anyone else. You mentioned poa annua and bent grass. What are some winter issues you're starting to see with some of the Bermuda grasses and zoysia grasses that are uh, creeping their way further up north? Yeah, that's that's a great point because uh, we're seeing a lot more uh, Bermuda grass being even in the Philadelphia area uh, being planted. And, and I was told uh, that a major athletic team was. Uh, Sports team was going to remove all their Bermuda grass after this year and, and go back to Kentucky bluegrass because they can't sustain the type of injury. There's, it's really a potential that the warm season of grasses, uh, at least in my conversations with my counterparts in the Carolinas, might have more injury than we would see in the cool season grasses. And that's, uh, that's quite concerning because it was only a couple of years ago that we saw some major in injury in the Bermuda grasses from the Carolinas all the way up into the Philadelphia area, um, which has caused some people to rethink, are they doing the right thing by bringing these uh, warm season grasses up, up north? What type of soil and air temperatures are needed to get somebody out of the way of winter injury? Is there, is there a certain magic number where if you reach it and you don't have any injury, you're not going to get it? I don't believe there's a true magic number. I know the, the soil temperatures, once they start rising uh, into the 40s, uh, I think you're protected. But it's what happens once they rise into the 40s, guy, 
and they uh, the crowns start hydrating and they, they start swelling filling with water it's when the temperatures all of a sudden plummet in a freak uh, freak a freak of nature type of uh, event that that's when we see the real damage that does occur and only time will tell if that happens I'm looking at the long-term forecast don't think it will uh, I'm almost already automatically thinking now of annual bluegrass weevil and poet seed head uh, uh, germination and thinking that we're, I think we're out of the win, uh, window of concern, and uh, I'm trying to be positive and move forward. You just scared a lot of people by mentioning annual bluegrass weevil. You know that. Well, it's, uh, I live in the part of the country that uh, is a big concern. The number one insect in, in the Northeast is annual bluegrass mm-hmm. weevil on, on golf courses. And I, I work with uh, our Weevil Track uh, scientists to provide excellent recommendations to golf course superintendents on when to apply chemicals and when to uh, and not to apply chemicals, for that matter. So uh, I think uh, we've done a good job over the last few years uh, controlling them, but uh, it is it's one of those insects. I like to throw a little fear. Yeah, we'll leave that discussion for, I think, later later this year. A few other things with winter <laughs> injury. Are there any non-winter factors that could lead to winter injury? Anything that somebody might be doing culturally or just something with, with the turf grass that might lead to winter injury even when you don't have those conditions necessary for it? Well, the, the main thing to do is not to have the grass going into the winter, the turf grass going into the winter, very lush. So if they actually... Uh, are growing their turf and there's and too much fertility in the fall and the crowns are very hydrated going into the winter and we actually have that January, uh, December, January type of uh, freeze thaw that we typically see, that's when some of that winter injury could be a, uh, of major concern. So um, it also could actually have an impact on the biotic or the snow mold type of diseases and uh, we have to make sure that uh, we keep a, the plant going in the winter in a hardened state or acclimated so that it, uh, it won't be as injured. And last thing, how important is it to be thinking about the impact winter can have on your turf year-round instead of just thinking about it in the late winter and early spring? If you have a healthy turf going into the winter, uh, you're going to sustain adverse conditions much better. So. It's a, how well conditioned your turf is uh, throughout the summer. You you have a grass that's not too lush, it's not too lean. You have no disease pressure. You have uh, a grass that is what you, what you'd be proud to play on. I think you're going to be you're better off. So the key is you have to grow turf for the the time of year it's in. But make sure that you think toward other times of the year so that when it gets into adverse conditions, you could survive it. No different from trying to grow it into the heat of the summer than to, than to try to grow it into the cold of the winter. Well, Dr. Agnew, we really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot for providing this information, and thank you for everything you do for the industry and us at GCI. I know you've helped countless people out over the years, and we're all very appreciative of that. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Guy.